Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional. And before we jump in any further, I want to say that I have had a really busy week, but Suzanne has had a really shitty week. (laughs) But we'll welcome her here, and maybe she'll want to share some of her stories about the week. I will, and I would call a shitty week or a crappy week even appropriate. Because I no had, pun intended. No pun intended. Because I spent my week dealing with a septic system that backed up, and oh my gosh, yeah, and how gross! It's so disgusting. And you know, I don't know anything about septic systems, and I never chose to. We when we moved into the house, I knew we had a septic system, and beyond that, it was like okay, so we have a septic system, okay, and of course, my husband's in. Anchorage, Alaska still. So these things always seem to happen when he's not around to help me figure out what to do about it. But yeah, woke up one morning. Actually, that's not what happened. I took a bath one night. And when I went to drain the bathtub, the shower backed up. And I'm like, "Uh oh, I think I have a problem. And then I went to flush a toilet. And I heard water dripping. And I went downstairs and there was water dripping from the ceiling downstairs. And yep. And then I ran my dishwasher and the sink backed up. So I knew there was a problem. And I was like, well, now what do I do? (laughs) And so I had. So it actually went from no problem, no signs of anything to water here, water there, back up here, back up there. No. I mean, that's truly what happened. And there have been a couple times when I thought, mm, I wonder if my toilet is clogged because it's flushing slow. or But never had a problem with my tub or my shower being plugged. Sinks never backed up. So, yeah. and But I had this gnawing thing in the back of my head like, you know, you have a septic system. You've been in this house for a lot of years. We've never dressed it. I wonder what you're supposed to do. So I did have that gnawing feeling like, ah, I really should look into this someday. And do you mean that it's never been pumped out? No, never been pumped out. But you forget that the first five years, either just I was living here, or neither one of us were here. We were still going back and forth between Anchorage and, and Phoenix. So when there's only one person living in this big house and we have like two 1,500-gallon tank, septic tanks, which this is all stuff I've learned this week. I never even occurred to me that it was something that I would have to deal with. And in the state of Arizona, right before you close on a house, the previous owner has to pump the septic systems and an inspector has to come out and sign off that they've been proper, properly pumped and the filters are clean. And we had that inspection report. So we knew we were starting fresh when we bought the house. So yeah, so the first five years, we didn't even think about it. And it said on the report that full-time use of a septic system, you should pump it every four years. You should change the filters every year. But we didn't have full-time use. And then after five years or so, we just kind of forgot about it. It's like, yeah, yeah, no problems. I guess we're fine. 
Until, yeah, out of sight, out of mind. Right. Until this week. Until, yeah, until it yeah. rears its ugly head. And it did rear its ugly head very quickly and very suddenly. And I'm like, oh, I've got a problem. And um, so, but I called this great, I Googled it, of course, closest septic system company in near my home. And oh my God, these people, these guys were the nicest people to me. And I just want to say, you know, they didn't make me feel bad. They didn't judge me because I didn't know what I was talking about. They were very informative, very kind, didn't make me feel stupid. I loved them. And it's like, okay, well, what can you do? And then they came out right away. And the guy's like, we just have to pump it. It'll be fine. We'll change the filters. We'll get you all set up. It'll take a couple hours. Everything's good. Do you think that's how it really happened? No, (laughs) it did not. So how displaced have you been and what's going on now? Okay, well, he rings the doorbell. He said, you I got to show you something. And I'm thinking, don't really want to see anything septic. But and as we're walking to the first septic tank, he's like, and it's not good. And I said, it never is good. And the septic line, well, and here the tank has been invaded by roots. And we have some landscaping on the west end of our house, palm trees and cactus and a variety of things, not big roots, but just roots. And it's invaded the septic system. So he said, we're going to have to clean all this out. It's that the the tank actually isn't even half full, but we'll pump it. And then we have to treat it with a root killing chemical for the next six months to keep these roots from reinvading. And it's like, this doesn't sound cheap or easy. (laughs) It's like, no, it's not. We're going to have to bring in a backhoe. We're going to have to dig up the line, you know, all of this stuff. And that, and he goes, in the meantime, I'll check the other tank. I'm sure this is the tank that's causing the problems in your house, but let me check the other one just to make sure. So then, I don't know, two hours later, he rings my doorbell again. And he's like, well, you remember that first problem? (laughs) We have the second, same problem, 10 times worse in the second system. You have a oh, bigger, no. yeah, you have a bigger tree, bigger root, penetrated the line, created the dam, so the septic stuff can't get through. We're going to have to go into the line, drill out the tree root to get everything to come through. It's like, oh, again, not cheap, not easy, <laughs> but super nice. He's like, don't worry about it. We've got this. Not a big deal. I apologize. It's going to cost you some money. It's going to tear up your landscaping, but I'm confident we can get this done. Right. There's a solution for it. There's a solution. And at this point, I'm like, whatever it takes. And in my mind, I'm thinking, it's your own fault, Suzanne. You've ignored this septic system since you moved in. So you deserve this. You deserve the pain in the neck it is now. And you might as well just get it done. So, and I basically said, just get it done. Do whatever you have to do. Just get it up and running. And he goes, okay. So then he says, we're going to have to bring in, bring the back. Oh, and they have this like rotor rooter drill and it goes into the line and it drills out the tree root. And he said, we'll do that and you should be good. So then next day they come out and start that. And then he rings my doorbell and he said, well, we have a little bit of an issue. (laughs) 
And I'm like, of course you do, because never nothing's ever easy. Yeah, you can't just drill that root out. Of course not. He said, the root has grown, grown into this line so far that it is now wedged up against the foundation of your house and it's creating a complete jam. So this septic is backed up basically around your foundation. We have to tear up your front patio and get that line out and replace it with a new line and take care of the tree root. So, and I'm like, okay. And he said, we have no option because it's butted up against the foundation of the house. There's no other way to get to it without damaging the foundation of the house. So they have to cut out the line, take out the old root that's up, butted up against the foundation, put in a new line, and that should solve the problem. Wow. Happy New Year to Suzanne <laughs> and the entire Huner's family. Exactly. Exactly. And he was kind enough to take pictures. Their Roto-Rooter thing has a camera on it so they can take pictures. So he sent me a whole series of pictures so I could see the root and how bad it was, see how it's wedged up against my foundation, see where it created the dam that, you know, the stuff can't get through. And yeah, nice. And as bad as that is, just know it could always be worse because you did share one of those pictures with me. And I do. we went to dinner with my parents and Heil, my mother-in-law and Rob. Mm -hmm. And of course, I have to show these pictures at dinner because that's, <laughs> that's what I do. It's the most appropriate time. <laughs> but my mom was looking at the picture and she's like, you know, Michelle, I see a face in there. So I'm like, oh no, mom. And she's like, no, look, like I see the forehead and the nose and the, like, you should tell Suzanne that looks like a body to me. And I'm like, okay, I'll tell her on the podcast to get a reaction. Holy but I thought that would have been worse. Oh my God, that would have been so much worse. <laughs> and I can honestly say that never even occurred to me. It's like, oh my goodness, that would have been really bad. That would have been really bad. And yeah, yeah, you'd have some explaining to do or the owners before you or somebody. Right. Would. right. And that's really interesting that I'm glad that thought never occurred to me. But I have to explain why I sent you a picture because, you know, when my kids were growing up and Jeff would leave on business trips, anything that would go wrong with the house or could go wrong with the house always did when he left or the vehicles. Because it's the stuff that I just don't know what to do with. And so he'd go out of town and then the car would die and I'd have to get the car towed. And I had to figure out how to get a tow truck. Or yeah, one time we had a pipe burst because it was too cold and I had to deal with fixing the pipe that burst and he was out of town. And the thing with being out of town when these things happen is you're not actually experiencing it. You're just hearing the story of it. And so when I'm telling him about this and I'm explaining how these roots have invaded our septic system, he questions it. He's like, really? Are you sure? Is that really what's happening? And I became very indignant because it's like, don't question me. I know what I'm talking about. I know everything there is to know about septic systems. You know nothing because you're in Anchorage, Alaska. 
And so we had just a little bit of a discussion about it. And I had to send photos to prove it to him. I'm glad he didn't see the face that your mother saw. <laughs> but, exactly. <laughs> but So he's trying to be supportive from Anchorage and well, probably no, in his really. mind. Not really being supportive. He's questioning everything I'm doing and everything the guy's telling me to do. So really, well, not he's probably very- <laughs> thinking in his mind, you're going to get a night at a hotel somewhere. So relax and enjoy. Well, yeah, but you kind of <laughs> I'm kidding you. <laughs> well, I did have to get a room at the hotel the first night because I couldn't use water. And have you ever tried to live in your house without water? You know, because if I flushed the toilet, the shower backed up. If I ran the washing machine, the toilet overflowed. And and like an idiot, in my normal routine, before I go to bed, I hit the I turn the dishwasher on and I run the dishwasher. Well the next morning I woke up and my floor was flooded with suds. And it's like, well gosh darn it, of course that happened because I can't have any my septic system is blocked. I can't run a dishwasher when my septic system is blocked. So yes, I did have to go to a hotel room, but it's kind of a pain in the neck when it's in your own town and you really have things you have to get done at home to go hang out in a hotel. But I did have to do that. And and I'm like, I, I'm indignant to his behavior because it's like he questioned what was going on. And it's because he wasn't here to witness it. And so I had to send him pictures. And that's how you got the photo because I had the bank of photos of my septic system. So you were just spreading the joy. I'm just spreading the joy. Yeah. And I'm verifying my facts. I'm I'm providing proof to the story I'm telling because my husband tends to question the true story because it's like he's living obliviously in 10 degree below weather in Anchorage, Alaska. And so he doesn't understand this whole septic system concept any more than I did. Uh-oh. Oh, but he will because he's on his way and he too shall be living the life. He will be living the life, although he's not on his way because his flight was canceled. But that's a whole nother story. But yeah, he will get back here and he will see how they have had to dig up the front patio, the flagstone on my front patio, because the root of the tree was so big that it grew right into the foundation of my house. And the foundation of the house is what has stopped the root, but they have to remove the line, take out the root, put in a new line, um, and all because of the damn tree that is sitting over the septic tank, which neither one of us realized. We didn't realize that the tree was actually on top of the septic tank. I don't know how that works. I can just hear him saying to you when he sees it, when he pulls up and he's like, wow, geez, Suzanne, do you think all this was really necessary? <laughs> it's exactly what he's going to say. And he's going to come and he's he's going to get here and he's going to question it. He's going to be like, are you sure this is what's going on? And it's like when they take out all, in my mind, I'm thinking if they have to take out this whole root system to this tree, don't you think that tree's going to die? Which I think is a good thing because it's like, I think the tree needs to go. But I think taking out the root is probably going to kill the tree, don't you? I would think so. Yeah. But it's necessary. It has to happen or you're going to have this issue again. Exactly. The tree has to go because it's sitting on top of the septic system. But Jeff and I have very differing feelings about trees. He loves trees. And 
he doesn't want to take out a tree for anything in the world. He thinks every tree on this planet belongs there. So it's going to be a hard sell to say, this tree's got to go. And my only hope of getting rid of this tree is that it does die because we had to kill the root. It all makes sense right. to me. And you should take it out before it does die because then that causes a fire hazard. Right, exactly. And if he weren't coming back this week, I would try to find someone this week to take out the tree so that the tree would actually be gone before he got here. Because the actual act of taking out the tree is going to be really painful for him. And if the tree's just gone when he gets here, at least he doesn't have to suffer through watching the tree go down. Right. Poor Jeff. But you know what? <laughs> for the sake Jeff. of your marriage, <laughs> the for the sake of your marriage, he just has to say the yeah. tree has to go. Right. We have a lot of trees. One tree, it's sad. It'll be a sad day when the tree has to come down, but the tree's going to have to come down. Yep. It's either the tree or Jeff going down. I don't know which one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm just kidding. Exactly. So tell me about your week. That was the septic system was part of my week. I have more to share, but I need to hear a little bit about your week. Okay. Well, it was a good week. It was just busy. I think I've shared that we've had all four of the boys come through at separate times this past month. And I am happy to say that Last week, we were able to pick Kyle up in Las Vegas. He had had COVID in South America, and he finally got clearance to fly back to the States. So he came in, nice. visited us. Nice. So it was really nice. Yeah, but every time I round Kyle, I just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> thank God you don't talk to us more often. And <laughs> he lives such a... A cool life. It's so just where the wind takes him and it's so adventurous and he's just so comfortable and self-assured that he has wonderful adventures. And it's like one of those things you just sit back and I admire because I like a routine. I like having a schedule. I like knowing what's going to happen next. Right. But he'll go with, he'll roll with it. And I knew he went to South America to do paragliding lessons. And I thought the paragliding lessons were perhaps for him so he could do those tours himself because I got mixed up paragliding and parasailing. So the whole time he was gone, I thought he was on the water, you know, in a parasail learning how to right. do tours like that. Oh, no, no, no. Paragliding is where you have a chute on your back and you run and basically jump off a mountain and everything open. Not, yeah, it's like the, the wings. So you have that on, but still it scares me. Like, and then he explained the process and I was like, thank God you're safe and that I'm only seeing video of it right now. After the fact, knowing After he's the safe. fact. That he is safe, yes. And so we were having this conversation and I said something about like, I don't get to talk to you very often. He goes, no, I see your calls come in, meaning me or the other parental units as he calls us. But I figure <laughs> if I check in every two weeks, then you'll worry a lot less. And so I sat with that and I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Somebody hears with from you and every, you know, every two weeks, you're probably right. So... He's always 
an eye opener and it was really fun having him here and just listening to his perspective of the world from the vantage point of a 26 year old and a different generation. I felt a little out of touch in some areas, right. um, but hey, yeah. you know, no kidding. I got to learn to be a little more flexible, I guess. What a life he's living. And okay, so my question is, so does he consistently check in every two weeks? Uh, not usually with me, but he'll check in with Rob. And it is about every two weeks. He'll check in with like his grandma and his, his mom because I'm his stepmom. He he does check oh, in. Oh, good. Well, that's good. Regularly. That's yes. Good. So, yeah, it's and, uh, and he and he survived the COVID in a in a foreign country. I mean, that would have been for me. That would have been terrifying. But he he survived it. It was terrifying. He was staying in a youth hostel down there in one area, and they had had a a party. I think it was on Christmas Day or something, or Christmas Eve, somewhere in that time frame. The next morning, he had gone out somewhere to go on a hike and started not feeling good. And he's in the middle of nowhere. So he had to make it to like the closest hotel where he quarantined himself, got a test, it came back positive before making it back so he could get the health certificate and fly out. And again, you know, he got it on this day and we found out like the 28th or 29th. So it had almost run its course by the time he let us know he had it. The only holdup was, you know, getting the documentation to leave South America. Well, I'm glad that he recovered. And I was just thinking when you were talking about his COVID experience, it's like, it's funny how our new normal, at least currently, is how everything circles back around to our most recent COVID experience. Yeah, and they're everywhere right now. The the COVID experiences, it's not like... Kyle, I mean, as I said, I had four kids come through and three of them had fears of COVID. Like Kyle actually got it. Jimmy was exposed to it right before he came here. And luckily him and his wife never did get it. And then Colt, when he went back to Denver, he didn't feel great for a day or two, but it wasn't COVID. So it's like all these little brushes around us. Well, and I just have to say, I'm going to tell you my COVID story. of the past week. And I don't know how much I, from the last time we recorded, how much I had already experienced, but, and shared with our previous podcast. So I'll, I'll try to keep it brief, but my daughter-in-law right before Christmas, right before they came to Alaska was exposed. She was with someone all day who had COVID. So the first week they were in Alaska for Christmas, she was, isolating. She was testing twice a day, never got a a positive result, never got sick. So we were all good. But we were pretty much sticking close to home. And then after Christmas, I had to come home. My flight was canceled. My daughter and son-in-law's flights were canceled because the airlines were dealing with COVID outbreaks among their crews. And as we all know, this is still going on. Flights are getting canceled right and left. So we're dealing with COVID in that way. So then I get back to Phoenix and Jamie, my daughter-in-law, Logan, my grandson, Greg, my son, Katie, my daughter, her husband, Matt, Jeff, everyone is sick. 
the entire family is sick with COVID-like symptoms. And my son, when Jamie was exposed, had like, I don't know, 25 COVID tests shipped to our house in Alaska so that we could take, she could take a COVID test every day. So we we had a backlog of COVID tests at our house. And so we FedExed some to Katie and Matt. And then everyone in the house who was sick was taking a COVID test every day. Everything was negative. So we're all good. But Greg and Jamie's flight was canceled back to Seattle. So they had to rebook. And this just happened. And in the meantime, I have two nephews who are roommates in Seattle. Well, their third roommate got COVID middle of last week. So my two nephews called Greg and said, hey, can we stay at your house in Ballard while you're in Alaska so we don't get COVID from our roommate? So they both moved into Greg and Jamie's house. So Friday, one of the cousins, one of my nephews called Greg and said, I have COVID. I've moved out of your house, but I just want you to know I tested positive while I was at your house. So then Trevor, my other nephew, stayed in their house because he didn't want to go back to the apartment with the two COVID patients. And then Greg and Jamie were supposed to head home yesterday on Greg's birthday. And my nephew called and said, now I have COVID (laughs) and I'm still in your house. Oh, no. So where are Greg and Jamie currently? Still in Anchorage? Still in Anchorage. Um, Yes. And we we had a long conversation. What are their options? Because this really hasn't been determined, to my knowledge. It's like, how long is the COVID virus alive in your home? Like, if they're sleeping in their your bed, or they're using your towels, or, you know, using your dishes, and they're positive COVID, how long is COVID still around, even when the person with COVID leaves? So is their house contagious right now? That is our question. What do you do? Do you go back? Or do you delay your trip home a couple days? But we don't know how long COVID lives in your home, in your environment. Right. I wouldn't be rushing back anytime soon. I give it three or four days well, to exactly. do its thing. And then I would go in with the cleaning supplies and gloves and just scrub it down. Right. And my nephew, who is physician's assistant, he said when he left their house that he would completely disinfect it. But can he completely disinfect it if he's carrying COVID around <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I know. It's a question that we've never heard the answer to. So so they did decide they're just going to delay their trip a couple of days and go home just a couple of days later. I mean, they've been in Anchorage for a couple of weeks and I know they're anxious to get home, but I think I we had a long conversation about it because it's like, what's the best option? My option, if it had been me, I would have stayed in Alaska a couple extra days and let my house air out. And that's what I should have told them is have leave the windows open in the house for a couple of days if it's not freezing, because that would help 
air out the house and its germs because that's what you do when exactly when any virus goes through your house you open up your windows or at least that's what I do I do that too yeah so oh my gosh I know and then my husband was sick and but he tested negative for COVID but then we heard well the Omicron at home tests don't necessarily pick it up so then he had to go find a PCR test but PR said PCR tests are not easy to come by. <laughs> he did find a place that and he got his PCR test, but then he had to wait 24 hours and but he was negative. But then his and he was supposed to fly home today, but then his flight was canceled because the crew had COVID. So then he had to rebook his flight, but now he's so now he's flying home tomorrow. Wow, there are a lot of moving variables here and it is all about what we kind of wanted to talk about today anyway, adaptability and that ability to adapt and working with routines and stuff like that. So do you think this is a good time to shift more into that discussion of adaptability and how we are sometimes forced to go with the flow that's not mm -hmm. the original flow? Well, I think, yeah. yeah. And I think one of the things we probably could, I think we've already touched on it with some of our current stories is our adaptability. Kyle is a great example of his adaptability, how he just kind of goes with the flow. He just does what he has to do, but we're all doing that. So, so yeah, I think we're in, at a good point to move into the, our discussion. Right. And one of the things that we have to be adaptable about, and again, it's COVID related, it goes hand in hand, and we knew it was a possibility, but there were meetings scheduled for the corporation our husbands work for over in Hawaii. And just recently, those got canceled. And now adapting to do with 14 extra days or 10 extra days, I didn't know I had. I know. And I'm going through all the feels here. I'm going through all the emotions of a little bit of relief, like things have been so busy, it'll give me time to do things around the house. But then also like, I really wanted to go. I really wanted to go on that hike during the day. And I really wanted to see everybody that I haven't got to see for two years. And now it's postponed. And now I have all this time and I'm just sitting around. And that makes me anxious <laughs> and wanting to feel it. I know. And I have to say, I was pretty disappointed when they canceled the trip. I sensed that it was a possibility, but I honestly, because this is the third time the trip had been kicked back. And so I honestly thought, and we were getting so close, I thought we were good to go. So when they pulled the plug on it, I was like, gosh, darn it. And yeah, really disappointed. I know I, I even had my entry Q code or that little code that they send me because I got all my paperwork in and it says that yeah. I could go through without having to quarantine. And now I've got to change that. And I'm not even sure how to do that because I've gone in to try and cancel it and it just gives me the option to edit it. So oh. I don't yeah. know. I don't I'll figure either. it out. I know. Yeah. But, but it is. I Yeah, I, I've run the gamut of emotions too. I had some of that relief after the initial disappointment, I was like, okay, this is not a bad thing. You know, it's a long time for me to be away from the store, but yeah, little disappointed. Now, did your plans to go to Atlanta also change? Are you still going there? No, I was supposed to be in Atlanta this week, 
Okay. And fortunately, because of my septic system issue and the fact that my husband couldn't get back here because his flight delays, it's a good thing that my plans changed. But yeah, I think it would have been not a good time because I think Atlanta is one of the cities that's being hit pretty hard with COVID. So I think some of the restrictions are coming back. And so it wouldn't have been an ideal time to go anyway. And then the East Coast has been dealing with weather for the last week. So I didn't want to risk getting stuck in weather and not making my flight to Hawaii, which I had to cancel. But <laughs> Right. It's all been about adapting, adapting, and then adapting some more and rearranging. And I think I've shared this before. I don't turn on a dime. Like I really have to sit with something and process it mm-hmm. before being okay to move forward with it. And yeah, it's testing my nerves, Suzanne. I got to <laughs> tell you, it's really testing my own stability because I like a plan. I like routine. I know it. I'm I'm right there with you. I like a plan. I like to know what's ahead of me. I like my routine. I'm married to someone, though, that can fly by the seat of his pants, basically. He doesn't always need a plan. And so I have adapted somewhat to his lifestyle. I still prefer a plan. I still like to have reservations in place. I still don't like it when we try to do something spur of the moment and it doesn't pan out. He more thrives on that lifestyle. So we kind of balance each other out. Right. And I would say Rob pretty much can adapt on a dime or he can go with the flow much easier than I can. But, you know, I think about that. I think about the differences between being so adaptable and able to change or being so routine oriented. And I think being routine oriented, you really get a bad rap because I think people think you're not as fun. I want to say you overthink that because it's like... Well, I'm an overthinker too, and we can do a whole topic on that <laughs> Yeah, because, another day. Because I, I might agree with you on that, but I've never thought about that. I've never thought because I'm routine oriented, it's never crossed my mind that because I'm routine oriented, people might not think I'm fun. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, it's it crosses... <laughs> It crosses my mind a lot because, again, I have a husband who can go with the flow. I have friends who can go with the flow. And it's like, oh, well, let's just go do this. And I'm like, no, no, that's not in the schedule. (laughs) I can adapt, but it takes me a minute. And sometimes I really try to go with the flow, but then I get anxious and have to say, I'll check in with you later because I just can't do this. I admire that though. I like that about you that you can do that. That you can just say, "No, I I'm, I'm not comfortable doing this right now. I'll come back to it when I am." Yeah, well, it gives me a lot of anxiety and people don't like being around an anxious Michelle. I don't like being around an anxious Michelle. <laughs> yeah, again, I don't think of it in those terms because, you know, I think you're being very hard on yourself. Is what I'm oh, no, I'm just being honest, but I, I appreciate that. But I am being honest. Well, well, I think in the last year, we have come a long way because we've had to adapt. Okay, let's say the last two years because COVID's been around for two years. But we've had a lot of adapting we've had to do. We've had a lot of changes in our schedule we've had to figure out. And 
And I think we're better for it. I would agree with that. I do think that there's a little more give for me, a little more margins there now than there were before. Because I've had so many things that have changed or been taken away. I mean, that's a horrible way to think of it, but Mm -hmm. they have been. Right. Like graduations and things like that. I know. It's so sad. But I, I have to tell you, this morning, I was watching the Hallmark Channel, which is one of my favorite channels. And they were doing a little trailer for one of their new movies coming up. And one of the lines was... The detours in your life, the detours in your life often send you down a new exciting road. And I just, and it stuck with me, (laughs) obviously not very well, because I I think I just changed out the whole quote, but I thought that- You paraphrased it. I paraphrased it. I chainsawed it is what I did, because I know that's not what it was. But that was the point, is like, there are detours in the road- And sometimes we have to take those detours, but it ends up being a good thing because it sends us down a more exciting route in our life. And it's, and it's not, and it's out of our control. We can't do anything about it. But then I think it's serendipity. It's the way it's supposed to be. It's what's meant to happen. And we don't see it coming. And it blindsides us. But a lot of times it turns out to be a really good thing. It takes you where you're supposed to go. Exactly. Where you're supposed to end up. Yes. And I do believe that. I do believe things happen for a reason and you might not always understand it, but it will get you where you're supposed to go. So I love that. I love that you shared that right here. I know. I just think it's one of those really positive ways to look at detours in our life. And I think we've all had a lot of those detours in our life, but I also think we're also seeing a lot of people are saying, okay, well, let's reevaluate what we had and see what's better about what we have now. And I think it's a good thing. Well, I think because this is so, Michelle, and you're probably expecting it, that we should test our viewpoints on being adaptable. And so I found a quiz. Oh, yay. I love your quizzes. I love this. I and know. It, I, I know, know you do. I don't know why it always surprises me when you tell me that, but it's like this big, pleasant, like, oh, we fun. Let's do a quiz. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so this quiz comes from QuizDo. So Q-U-I-Z-D-O-O.com. So that's where I found this quiz. And I've already taken it, but I'm going to ask you the questions again, Suzanne. I can only go with the answers listed. I I cannot make up other answers. So you can state your reason why you might feel a little bit differently, but you'll have to choose one. Okay, that's fine. But I, I stand by my right to, if I don't like my options, to explain. So I stand by that. Yes, you do. Okay, so here we go. So this quiz is Are You Adaptable? Again, by quizdo.com. The first question, a new colleague is set to join your team at work next week. How do you feel about it? Annoyed, uneasy, excited to meet them, unsure but fine, worried the dynamic will change, or other? I'm going to say unsure but fine. Okay. So Period. End of discussion. Right. I have nothing to add. Okay. <laughs> Final answer. <laughs> Final answer. <laughs> okay. 
I'm going to go to the next question. Okay, the next question. The work, sorry, your workplace is updating the whole office operating system. How do you feel about that? First answer, panicked that I won't be able to figure it out. Excited to learn something new. Ready for the challenge. Uneasy about the change or other. Um, okay, so at first I'm going to answer panicked because I won't know what to do. But I just have to remind you that I do own the business that we are referring to as far as hiring a new colleague or changing the business system. I'm the person that does all of that. I'm the person that changes the system. And I did this last year and I was pretty panicked about it because it's like, what if I can't figure this out? I didn't have my person, you know, who set me up and helped me, you know, my sister-in-law came in when I first opened my business and she set all of that up for me. And this was like, I didn't have her as my person to, to save me <laughs> this time around. So I was panicked. Um, but I forgot to ask you about the first question and this question. What were your answers? My first question would be like, unsure about how it'll affect the dynamic. Was that one of the options? It was. Yeah, that, that would have been my answer. And on this one, because I'm so good at technology, I'm a rock star. <laughs> Just kidding. I would be panicked that I wouldn't be able to figure it out. Okay, so we're, we're on the same page on that one. We are. Okay. So question number three. Okay. The time has come for you to move houses. How do you feel about it? Oh. <laughs> so much I could say. The first option is extremely upset. I hate change. The second option is I'm filled with dread about packing or moving. Uh, the third option is ready for a fresh start. The fourth option is nervous but excited. And the last option is other. I'm going to say um, ready for a fresh start. Really not nervous but excited because that doesn't make any sense to me. I would hire someone to do all the packing and moving, so that doesn't affect me. And the first one, it's like, I don't care about change. I wouldn't be moving houses unless I really wanted to, so... So there's right. my answer. And I, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to be, obviously, if I'm selling a house or moving, there's a reason behind it. Right. But I won't be able ever moving forward to get past the dread of having to go through everything, pack it up and move. So that's where I would initially go. So you said ready for a fresh start. Yep. So that's what I'm going to click for you. Okay. Next question. Okay. Uh, question number four, you're given a new set of responsibilities at work. How do you go about dealing with them? Do you make a detailed plan of attack? Do you readily accept the challenge or do you go into full on panic mode? I'm thinking, can I say all of the above? <laughs> well, you could, but that's not an option. So to get to the end of the quiz, we just need you to pick one and I'll just say mine real quick. Okay. Um, Again, I don't adapt well to change. And until I know what's going to be asked of me, I would be in full-on panic mode. See, I would have said you would attack it with a plan of action. That's what I would have guessed you would have said. Once my anxiety um, right. 
subsided, I would, but that initial reaction would be just panic. Like, what if I can't do what they're asking of me? What if I screw it up? What if this, what if that before just even hearing them out? Right. And when you said the first one about creating a plan of action, I wanted that to be my answer. I wanted that to be who I am, but it wasn't really. What was the second option? That you readily accept the challenge. Yeah, I would readily. Okay, so that's going to be my answer. Okay, that's what we'll click then. Moving on to the next question. Come on. Phone, don't fail me now. Okay. Your kids have asked that you no longer come to their away soccer matches. How do you feel about that? Do you feel slighted? Are you upset but still understanding? Do you know that you have to just deal with it because they're getting older? Do you go anyway? Or do you do something different? This is a true story that I'm going to share with you. I do something different. And here's what I do. Because when my son was in junior high, and he was playing football, he told me I could not come to his games. And I couldn't understand why. And he said, Mom, because if I get hurt and I go down, you're going to run out of the field and you're going to embarrass me. So I don't want you to come to my games. And I was like, oh, I would never do that. But knowing in my head that I probably would do that, I had to find a way to go to his games that was acceptable to both him and me. And so that's when I became or I decided to become the person that ran the concession stand. So that way I could be at the game, but busy and not paying attention to the game. And if my son went down, I would maybe miss the fact that he went down and to tell they had already carried him off the field. And then I could go see him off the field. And it worked out beautifully. And I thought, I'm very proud of the solution I came up with because I was able to go to all of his games. He was fine with me being there because I was doing something other than watching him. Okay. I love that. And yes, that's a great compromise there. Right? I I thought it was a good solution. So I proudly say I did something different. Okay. And you know, it's funny that the kids, because Colton had that same fear too, if he went down on the ice, that I would run out on the ice to him. And it did happen, but I remembered him saying that to me. So I just sat there and actually his dad went down there, which I found hysterical because he was worried about me. And then yet he still had another parent go down there. <laughs> That's funny. Well, and my other son who played basketball, we I was at one of his basketball games. And ironically, he went down, someone hit him, he was going up for a shot. And someone hit him really hard. And he landed square on his head, and it knocked him out. And I did try to bolt out to the court to make sure he was okay. And two other parents <laughs> grabbed me and held me back <laughs> and wouldn't let me run out on the court because it was my instinct to get up and run out there. And both sides of me, the parents grabbed me and said, no, wait. Yeah, just stay in your seat. <laughs> and it's put. so hard to do. It's so hard to and do. And he was older. He was like a junior in high school. And so it would have been pretty traumatic for him had I actually been able to escape the other parents. Yeah. Okay. So I've, I would have. Yeah. And I've digressed. Move on. 
Okay, are we still recording? We are. Okay, so question number six, your normal route to work is closed. How do you feel? Are you stressed about being late? You feel fine, it's a nice change. Are you worried you'll get lost or is there something different that you're experiencing? Something different I'm experiencing. Okay, that's a good answer. I think I would be worried at first. But then once I did it once, I would be fine. Oh. It's the unknown. It's the well, unknown. I know, but don't you just put it in your GPS and your GPS tells you where to go. True. But if I'm somewhere, well, I would be familiar with where I'm going to work. But sometimes right. not knowing the roads and like if these two lanes will both get you to where you need to go or if you have to be in the right or left, sometimes that stresses me out on the GPS. Oh, see, that doesn't. I, I rely pretty heavily on my GPS. And my only emotion would be I'd be pissed that I'm being inconvenienced. But that would be my answer if that had been an option. But I yes, and that's why you picked other. That's right. Okay. I can tell <laughs> okay. you trying to get through this quiz. I, I'll keep well, my comments to myself. No, I like your comments. That's why we're here to talk about it. I just know that we're pushing up on our time there. So. And we are. And we have three more questions. So the next question is your favorite dish just got removed from the menu at your go-to restaurant. How do you react? Do you get angry and never return? Do you try something new? Do you get excited to find a new favorite? Or do you ask to speak to the chef? Or do you do something else? Okay, I reluctantly will pick something new, but I won't be happy about it. And I will complain about it. I will go back to the restaurant, but I'll complain about it for the rest of my life. It's like, they took my favorite thing off the menu, but I'll still go back there. And I reluctantly choose something else. Yeah, I would do that too. But it is disappointing when that thing you're craving, because that's probably why you went to the restaurant to begin with. Exactly. Not on the menu. Exactly. Okay, so the next question, your best friend starts hanging out with a new coworker more than you. Do you fill out? Yes, absolutely. No, I'll just ask to join them. I welcome the alone time for a little while, but I get used to it or something else. Well, I feel left out, doesn't everyone? <laughs> well, that, so what do you say then? What was the first option? Absolutely. Do you feel it left out? And absolutely was the first option. Yeah, absolutely. I feel left out. <laughs> I would too. Okay, the next question. And obviously, I'm not a math major because there's two questions to go. Okay. I said three a while back. Okay, so how do you feel about the prospect of retirement? Are you dreading the boredom of it? Are you already buying a bunch of trips? Are you looking forward to volunteering? <laughs> Are you indifferent about it? Or something else. I would say, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought maybe I would volunteer more, but I probably would look at booking some trips or something. Okay. okay. Now, the last question. Okay. How do you feel about your birthday? Do you love your birthday? It's a blast. Do you dread it, if you're being perfectly honest? Do you have no real preference about it or something different? I dread it. What about you? Oh, I would probably say something other, like something else. I don't really dread it. I'm excited it's my birthday, but 
I usually get my expectations pretty high and then feel a little bit like it didn't go the way I want it. Yeah, and I and I have to agree with you to some um, to some extent. So maybe I'll switch my answer to your answer because I don't really dread my birthday. I actually look forward to my birthday, but I will never go out of my way to tell someone it's my birthday. I just don't. I don't like the attention a birthday brings. So exactly. Yeah. So that's why I would dread it. Not because I'm getting older, although that has impacted me as well. But I yeah, I just don't like the attention it brings with it. Well, my age has only impacted me lately when I've looked in the mirror at my chin, like I mentioned last time. <laughs> God, you've got to get over that. <laughs> I know I'm obsessed with it, but I did get to the results and you and I actually got the same re- results. And oh. we are adaptable at times, it says. You are an adaptable enigma. Sometimes it is quite easy for you to adapt to a new situation or change, and other times it sends you into a flurry. You can easily feel panicked in unknown situations, especially if you are on your own. However, when surrounded by people you know and love, it is quite easy for you to take on new situations. And I am going to agree with that assessment. I think it is I agree with that also. I am panicked at first, but just give me that gift of time and a few moments to adapt and know what is expected of me and I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, that is the quiz on being adaptable. And I think we both did very well on it. And, you know, I'm going to throw out a plan for you because I have never been able to experience this. Okay. But Lake Havasu is hosting a hot air balloon (gasps) festival next weekend. Oh, really? Yes. And we have been gone every year. We were here last year, but it was canceled because of COVID. So I am issuing you an invite if you and Jeff would like to come over to experience yes, I the would balloon fair. love that. What okay. a great So idea. we'll make plans for that. Yes. It's a good way to celebrate not going to Hawaii, I guess, or to spend a little time together somewhere other than Hawaii. Yeah. I love it. Yes. I, I'll make sure it's okay with Jeff, but we will do it. Oh, that's Okay, well, that's a plan. That is something to look forward to. And now that you've got all the bluck and the shit out of the way for 2022, (laughs) you have a whole year to look forward to. So do you. Yes, I agree. And I guess we're probably getting pretty close on time. So with all that shared, I'm just going to say until next week, cheers, everyone. Cheers.